In this week's episode, we will be discussing reverse dieting, hopefully answering all of the questions that you have been asking yourself to what the heck is reverse dieting from what it is, when would you need to do one, the research behind it, and even sharing some backstories from clients. I was listening back to this episode that I recorded and I noticed that my neighbor was sawing stuff in his backyard and for some reason you could hear it even with my microphone. So just don't mind that, but I'm excited for you to be here and to listen in. Welcome to the Booty and Bougie podcast. I'm your host, Taylor. I created this podcast for a space to talk about all things fitness, health, and wellness from my personal experiences to what has helped my clients, as well as a little mom life chats from the good, the bad, and the struggles. Sit back, grab your cozy blanket or your favorite drink, and let's get into it. This was a while ago now, but on my Instagram story, I had asked a series of questions of like terminologies from reverse dieting, progressive overload, rest time in between sets, and a few other things. I wanted to gauge where people's understandings of those things were. That way, when I was coming out with content, it wasn't just hitting a blank wall, like talking to absolutely no one. There was crickets in the background and all these things. I wanted it to resonate with people. I wanted my content and the things that I would possibly be talking about on my podcast to reach volumes. And like I said, just not be talking to crickets. When I had asked the reverse dieting, there was three options that you could choose from in the polls. One being that you 100% knew exactly what it was that I was talking about. Number two, you've heard of it, but don't really quite understand it. Number three and final thing that you absolutely had no freaking idea what it was. I was very surprised when the last two options, so I've heard of it, don't understand it, don't know what it is, were both 50-50. So over the majority of the people that were asking, however many people that may have been, the majority of them didn't have an full understanding, if not any understanding of what a reverse dieting was. And that really sparked that, okay, I am 100% going to be talking about this on my podcast. I feel like reverse dieting is a good conversational piece to have on that one-on-one level rather than it just be written out. Not to say I'm never going to write a post about it. Just for me, when I was trying to come up with episodes of what I wanted to talk about, this was the perfect way to do it. I was like, right on. Reverse dieting is one of those things that if you start to have a more of an understanding of what it is, it can be a scary concept because there's still that stigma out there that more food equals weight gain. And when people, you know, start their fitness journey or are in their fitness journey, over the majority of people aren't coming to a coach or have goals on their own of weight gain. I, in my whole, whatever, six, five, six years of coaching, I have had maybe, maybe a handful of people that come to me wanting to gain weight. The majority of people plan to lose weight. They want to tone up, you know, while you're building muscle while simultaneously losing fat, even though not everyone knows what 
serotonin is, or they want to see the numbers on the scale lose. When you mention a reverse diet of increasing your food intake, that's scary because they automatically go, why the fuck would I eat more food? That's not what my goal is. And you got to be like, I know, I totally get it. I totally understand. For an example, I had a past client of mine. She is such an amazing human being. And I just wanted to say that because I think of her and she is just so amazing. When we started our coaching journey, she had kind of shared in the past what she was doing with coaches, how much food she was eating, all these things. When she officially joined with me, everyone fills out a client intake form. It gives me their history, all the things like their body weight, their height, age, again, all the things. Gives me all of the information. I did her calculations of what her macros and calories would be at her cutting phase, maintenance phase, and bulking phase to kind of have an idea of where she was eating and where she would need to be. So I had a gauge. I had noticed that there was a big jump and since she had been there for such a long period of time and she was still wanting to you know, see that toning up, so losing some overall body fat and wanted to see the scale lower. I had mentioned to her that it might be in our best interest to do a reverse diet. When I mentioned this to her, she got scared. She had started having a bit of anxiety about having to intake that much food because she still had that mindset around the fact that eating more food meant that she was automatically going to gain more weight. And it was a very long process of eventually getting her to eat more food, but it is such a scary thing. And I wanted to just really preface that even though it is a scary thing, it is such a beneficial tool. And I say tool because when I did a Google search I wanted to make sure that it was fully prepared for my episode. So just did a little bit more digging on my end from just my basic knowledge and the things that I've heard to just have that. Go on Google. And one of the questions I had asked, because again, straight out of curiosity and making sure that I had all of my knowledge, is if reverse dieting was worth it. I can't remember the exact question, but it was something along the lines of that. And Google had said, and I, I laughed at it, and I still kind of, I'm laughing at it, but when it said, when you do a diet, you shouldn't have to do a diet after the diet. And I know that reverse dieting has diet in it, but to me, it isn't actually a legit diet. It's not like you're restricting yourself. You're not doing a fad diet. It is a tool. And when we get further on into the episode, I think you'll start to have a better understanding of why I perceive it to be a tool. If you couldn't already gather, when you are doing a reverse diet, you are slowly and gradually increasing your food intake. This looks like when you're tracking, upping your calories by 50 to 100, either every week, every other week, This depends on how your body is reacting to the slight increase of calories. And for me personally, when I'm doing it with my clients, it really depends on their hunger level. If you've been eating such low amount of calories, 
increasing your food intake, you might not be as hungry. Food could be maybe a little bit more, I don't want to use the word repulsing, but that's like the first thing that's like coming to my mind. By doing it so slow and only doing it by 50 to 100 calories, your whole macros only by each category will change a couple grams. And that makes it really seamlessly because when you're doing each meal, you only have to add a couple more grams of each thing. Like if you're having potatoes, chicken, broccoli, throwing out a random meal, you only need maybe a few more potatoes, a couple 0.5 ounces of chicken. It really doesn't change very much. If you aren't tracking and you still want to have a little bit of a better understanding of how you would do it with like doing it by portion sizes or food logs, it could look like slowly increasing the volumes in your meals already or the frequency of your meals. So if you're already only eating two meals in a day, you might add another meal. You might add in some additional snacks of sorts using the same concept of tracking, only adding in a little bit each week. So if you're doing adding in a snack, you're going to stick with adding in a snack for that whole entire week on top of your two meals. And then the next week, adding in something else to increase that volume. This can happen over a period of a couple months. Again, want to preface, it all depends on how your body's reacting to things. If you are not gaining any weight, your hunger levels are good. It might take a little bit less of time. If, you know, it's harder time getting in food, the scale is kind of fluctuating back and forth. Maybe your nerves are going, it might be a little bit slower of a process. I will never give anyone a timestamp on how long it takes in a cutting phase, how long it takes in a maintenance phase, how long it takes in a reverse dieting phase. Because it is so dependent on each single person. So take that with a grain of salt. The fact that it might take a couple months, might take a month. Also depends on how low of a deficit you are in compared to what your maintenance is. Yeah, there's lots of factors. That's just the general idea of what reverse dieting is. If you aren't entirely sure if you have been in a deficit for a while because you aren't specifically tracking calories, but you have been doing things like keto, Weight Watchers, Beachbody, Jenny Craig, Carnivore, any of those fad-like diets that are constantly ever-changing, new things are always coming up, that are very restrictive in the things that you can and cannot eat, as well as cutting out a whole entire food group, maybe giving you little Tupperware things that you fit specific foods in each specific thing. So that way you're, you know, tightening your portion sizes. Those things are going to put you in a deficit because you're already consuming less than what you probably were beforehand. And most of the time, they're not nearly as much food as what you need. That gives you another gauge to be like, oh, okay, I probably do need to eat a little bit more food, probably do need to go through that reverse dieting. Now let's talk about the research behind it. I'm going to be 100% honest here. There is not a lot of scientific evidence-based that say reverse dieting does the things that it says that it does. Lots of people make very big claims 
that reverse dieting is going to heal your metabolism. It's going to make it so that you don't gain any weight. You're not going to have severe weight gain. All of these things. There are so many millions of claims probably out there that people make that reverse dieting is this end-all be-all thing, which is why I consider it to be a tool. A little tool to get out of that cutting phase to help you work your way back into eating the proper amount of food that your body needs. The thing that's behind it that can happen when you are going through a deficit and have been there for a while is what is called metabolic adaptation. Metabolic adaptation is a survival mechanism that your body does. Kind of think of it as a fight or flight. And this has been researched. When you are consuming such low amount of calories for such a long time, your body needs to function properly. It is going to change the amount of food that it needs, bringing that to its essentially maintenance calories so that it can properly give the body the nutrients that it needs because it doesn't give a fuck whether you're losing weight, gaining weight. It needs to function. It needs to breathe. It needs to pump blood. So it's going to change that so that it can do those things and try and run as functionally as possible. So that's what occurs in that metabolic adaptation, which can be why people after being in deficit for such a long period of time can start noticing that they're gaining weight or feeling fatigued, maybe not going to the bathroom as well. Maybe they aren't sleeping as well. Maybe their period's irregular. Whatever the things, it's because your body is trying to say, hey, we've already had to change things up in here. Now something else needs to happen. Our body has a fixed amount of calories that it needs in order for it to do the things that we don't even have to think about, which that is called BMR. This is your basal metabolic rate. This is the minimum number of calories required for basic functions at rest. There's also called RMR, which is your resting metabolic rate, which is the number of calories your your body burns when it's at rest. With both of those things, the idea I'm trying to give you around is your body needs a certain amount of calories even when it's not doing things. Mine, for an example, I believe the last time I calculated it, it was around 1,500-1,600. You're eating 1,500-1,600, then adding activity on top of that, which would be your TDEE. That's a different amount of calories that your body needs. If you're burning 300 to 500 calories in in a workout, but you're pulling from that 1500 that you're eating, think about how big of a deficit that is for your body and it's already needing things at its function when it's just resting for it to do the things that we don't even have to think about. Our bodies are amazing, complex mechanisms that we take for granted and we don't know a lot about. And most of the time when I share with my clients the amount of calories that they would need in just that resting rate, they are honestly shocked because they aren't eating even that amount for their body just to function at rest. I have one of my clients that when she came to me, she pretty much was eating next to nothing. And by next to nothing, I mean 
literally next to nothing on top of not eating any protein or fat because she had doctors that were always telling her to, you know, eat low calories, eat low fat, eat all like just random things. And now we are starting to go through a reverse diet. We first like kind of got everything balanced out and now she is tracking so is able to do that bit of a reverse. But our body needs food. It needs fuel for it to function properly. If we want things to happen, you sometimes need that additional step to make sure that you're doing it in the healthiest possible way. And that's how you should want things, especially for it to stick and for your body to just change, not just to see a number on the scale drop. I hope this episode gave you a better understanding of what exactly a reverse diet is, what can occur if you've been in a deficit for a long period of time and starting to notice that plateaus are hitting. And I don't just mean plateaus for like a week. I mean, this has been happening for a decent period of time. You're not seeing things changing that you want. And yeah. If you have any questions that you feel like maybe I didn't quite go over on this episode, feel free to message me on Instagram and I am always happy to talk, answer any questions. If I feel like the question is a good thing that I didn't go over, on my next episode, I will kind of touch point on it and go over our conversation that we had so that it also may help other people out there. To end the episode, I wanted to end it on a high note and also give back for some like self-reflection. I'm going to share two things that have went really well this week, and then I want you to take the time for you to also reflect on two things that went really well. We always are constantly on a roll. There's always things that we need to do, especially as you become an adult or you have kids, you have work. We sometimes just go on autoplane. We don't even think about the things that we do, like you cannot tell me that there's been a time where you're driving home that you meant to go do something else and you end up at home and you're like, how the fuck did I get here? And it's just because we're just getting such a routine. First thing that went really well this week is I have been going to the gym for three days for quite a while because it was the thing that was going really well with my schedule while I was adjusting to having more in-person clients, Aria having gymnastics, and then just, you know, householdly chores that this week Aria doesn't have gymnastics anymore and I don't have one of my evening classes for the summer that I decided that I was going to start going to the gym for five days a week and kind of challenge myself a little extra and so far it's been really good and I've been excited to kind of get there and push myself in a little bit of a different aspect that not that I don't push myself in my workouts but to do that like extra little push and yeah, the second thing that has been, been been really good is I finally was able to have my house cleaners come. If you do not have a house cleaner, they are so amazing. She comes normally, typically every other week and sometimes just once a month. Since my husband has been home so long with the fires and hasn't been able to go out and camp, he doesn't particularly like when the house cleaners are here while we're here. So we haven't had one. But this week I was able to have her back because he was able to go out to camp for a little while and we kind of made it work so that she was here when he wasn't. Coming home to a nice clean house was super fantastic. And this week I just feel like I don't have to clean it as much. And yeah, that was also the other exciting thing. So take that second take a pause 
and ask yourself what two things went really great this week for you. And then I hope that you have a fantastic rest of your day and make sure to tune in next week on Wednesday for my next episode.